This is the Build Your Best Family podcast, where we help you live a life of purpose with the ones you love and become the family you were meant to be. This is our 100th episode of the show. And to celebrate, we thought we'd take a break from the usual format and do a Q&A where we answer your listener questions. That's not the only way that we're celebrating. Over the next few weeks, we'll be doing some incredible giveaways over on social media. I've partnered with a few of my online friends to host the sort of back-to-school giveaway. It starts this week, and we will be giving away a $200 gift card to either Target or Amazon, you choose, for back-to-learning supplies. Then, the week after, we'll be giving away a collection of books from authors that have been featured on the podcast, followed by another collection of kids' books and devotionals. And then, the week after that, we'll be giving away a set of the Read It, Pray It cards that are available in my Etsy shop. You can find all of the details for these giveaways on Instagram at at Kimberly Amici and also at Build Your Best Family and in the show notes. Be sure to enter these giveaways and share them with friends. We'd also love for you to take a moment to leave a review in iTunes. Reviews are the way that new listeners find us. It tells iTunes that we've got some good stuff going on over here and that others should listen. Oh, and by the way, we'll be working on a fresh new season of the podcast that will launch at the end of September. So for the next few weeks, we will be rebroadcasting our most popular episodes from the last two years. So here we go, answering your questions. Okay, question number one, where did you guys meet? New York City. Yeah, so I was living in Atlanta at the time, and a friend of mine, actually, I came up for a design conference, and I got together with a friend of mine from college, and Who was a friend of mine? Yeah, she was a friend of yours. She was a friend, no, 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 she was a friend of my friend. Right. Yes. So she said, hey, there's this guy that I'm hanging out with, do you mind if his friend comes along? And I was like... I was actually friends, if you remember. Remember, um... You had some people with you? Yeah, remember the other guy, the one guy, Will? From my college, yeah. Will he was went to there school too. with me. Yeah, yeah, I went to school with him too, yeah. And I had some friends too. I was meeting up. So <clears throat> because I used to, I was living in Atlanta and I was coming up to New York, I had friends that I wanted to reconnect with as well, friends from college. So a lot of the people that went to my college ended up in New York City. And so I kind of was just trying to figure out who's around, who, who wants to get together, out. who wants to hang out. And so a whole bunch of us just met out at this bar and we got to know each other. And was the first, it was prohibition, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay. And the funny thing was, well, we hung out, but then it wasn't until that was in October. And then it wasn't really until March that we actually got together again. and Same kind of thing, really, right? You yeah, same exact up. thing, actually. Yeah. And we kept in touch a little bit. That's when email was like really, really new. And mm-hmm. so we would email sometimes. Or the big thing back then was forwarding funny things to one another or forwarding stories. Right. And so that's how we kept in touch. And then when I circled back to visit in March, I guess the rest is history from there. We kind of got together again. Same, actually, group of yeah. people. I think we might have even went to the same bar. Like Those were the days when you could actually forward things through your work email and yeah. not get in trouble. Because <laughs> everyone <laughs> only totally had work emails. Yeah, yeah. Like, that was before they had scanning uh, devices to yeah. flag all of your inappropriate emails. Yeah. And so we just started calling each other and hanging out together. And for I was started coming back up because we had kept in touch and... 
Yeah. I mean, that's a simplified version of it, but that's pretty much what happened. And it didn't take long. That was in March. We started talking to one another. By August, I had moved up to New York City. And then by January, we were engaged. Wow, that was quick. It was very quick. I must have liked you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, question number two. What stage of parenting are you in right now? That's funny because we're in a good stage. And the way I look at it is our kids are 13, 15, 17. And some people say to me on the side, ah, teenagers, ah, that must be tough. And I kind of think it's really not. I don't don't know why, but our kids overall are great. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean they don't have their episodes, but kind of enjoyed each stage. Each stage has been different. Mm -hmm. The biggest thing now is what I call the sad stage because (laughs) (laughs) they're getting so close you know, I think even our oldest being a senior, you know, so that's the sad stage, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I do think for us, at least every stage we kept going, oh, my gosh, this is the best stage. This is the best stage. You yeah. know what I mean? Every new stage we're in, we happen to think it's the best stage. I love this stage of parenting because we have shifted from parenting to coaching. And so a lot of my strategy with our teens is to advise them and to make suggestions and to share with them what I've learned, as opposed to demanding certain behaviors from them. And it's just been exciting to see them form their own opinions, make their own decisions. Of course, there's certain things that are non-negotiable in our house. You have to do chores, you have to pitch in, you're still part of the family. Certain things that we expect of them But we're micromanaging their choices a lot less, and it's been really fun to see them make good decisions, but also fun to see them, maybe fun's not the right word, it's been amazing to see them even make wrong decisions and learn things from it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I will bring you back, though, the very beginning when we had... We had our kids two years apart because we wanted them to be friends or friendly, Mm -hmm. so the first six years was a little tougher Mm -hmm. that was probably the toughest stage only because even though it was great and it was amazing and fun but also exhausting and Mm -hmm. difficult because when you have someone always in a diaper for x number of years it's a little bit more challenging it's but it's once they became two and above really Mm -hmm. then it was like you know then it was really i hate to say it was a little easier but it kind of flowed a little bit better Mm -hmm. but i do remember that first two (laughs) Two year apart, three kids. Five years. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of that was kind of a stretch. So that was definitely tough, but at least we did good things in that stage yeah. to kind of prep for later. So upfront upfront work for mm-hmm. longer term benefit, mm-hmm. the way I look at it. Yeah. And I don't know that the stages get easier, they just change. Right, I wouldn't say teens is easier than toddlers. It's just your your pro- yeah. what you're what you're dealing with is just different. It's just changed. Because yeah, it's new, cool, new. Every stage is new. We don't know what to expect. We don't know what it's going to be. We read all the books. We hear all the things. But then when you actually get in it and you're dealing with the everyday, it's it's never anything you expected for sure. Yeah, it's just cool seeing them grow, seeing them learn. So it's fun. Mm-hmm. I think it's fun. Yeah. All right. Question number three. What surprised you the most about raising a family together? That our kids, you know, well... When I was without kids, people would say, "Ah, oh, you know, when they're teenagers and, and you know, and this and that. And I'm like, I, I, I kind of refuse to believe that <laughs> that was going to be a thing. And, and so 
raising kids together and family together and kind of seeing where they are right now, I was a little, I guess, say worried that you would have to deal with some crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. And that really hasn't happened at this moment, mm-hmm. up to this moment. So I've uh, been happy about that. I mean, so that's kind of surprising <laughs> to me, I guess. Surprising only because I think it's just a lot of people say that mm-hmm. a lot. and. Mm-hmm. And it gets in your head, so. Well, I think sometimes if I think about our experiences with family members or people that have older kids, when you talk about parenting, we tend to gravitate towards that. Oh my gosh, this happened and this happened. You, 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 there's a tendency to often focus on the hard and the negative. So let's say you get with family members and they're like, oh yeah, when my kids were little. So they tell you these stories of how it was this and it was that and they... You know, I feel like in retrospect, people love the drama stories more than they love the... Well, some of them are fun. Some yeah, of the yeah, stories yeah. are fun. But then you're right. It's just that maybe they bring up the, the, the times that they're exhausted. Right. <laughs> and, as opposed to what was amazing about it. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so I think it depends who you talk to. It's easy to paint the picture of... It's just like oh, news. They gosh. like to cover negative things yeah. rather than positive <laughs> things. Um. I think, you know, here's one thing when you, when we, before we had kids, I remember you telling me like all the things that you didn't want us to do with the kids and you thought I was going to do it. I remember saying like, now you can't go out and have McDonald's all the time. And I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? And you're like, and, and you can't do this and you can't do that. And I remember you giving me these things that you were like, you can't do that. It was interesting, your expectation of me. And then what reality was like, and then those things not even coming to fruition. I think what I'm trying to say is, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Well, I think what you're trying to say is when you're a new family and you're still trying to get your feet wet with each other and how you're going to be as parents, Mm -hmm. you want to kind of prescript. Mm. So we had a lot of things discussed up front, what what we were about and what we wanted to be about, Mm -hmm. but... There's also that unknown factor that slips into what we've discussed for what what's actually yeah, happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe, you know me, I'm a little more controlling, so I like to prescript a few things, make it very clear. <laughs> but I think that at the time when I was reflecting back on that, you were going through a season of you worked in Manhattan. And so the easiest lunch for and the cheapest lunch for you to get was McDonald's. You used to get that two burger meal, remember, with the French fries and the Coke. Yeah. And so like you do that once a week. And I was a stay at home mom at the time. And I'm like, who's eating all the McDonald's? You were the once one that said that I shouldn't I give my kids McDonald's, McDonald's. you never do it anymore. But it was those little things where you said it's prescriptive. You imagine what parenthood's going to be like. And yeah, you might have knew you, a few parents that were taking their kids to McDonald's all the time. And I'm like, this is not going to happen in my house. Right. <laughs> Which is so funny because we're going through this thing. I don't know if you've noticed, Carl, but Ava and Ellie the other day were talking about like, well, when I have my kids, they're not going to do X, Y, and Z. And when I have my kids, I'm going to do this. And they're never going to do that. And we're just sitting there chuckling because we're like, oh, oh, you don't know. I love, oh, I love know. when they say that. Yeah, but you're like, you just don't know. I love like, when they say that, though, because <laughs> they're learning from us. And they're actually taking on some of the things that we try to avoid. So it's, yeah. it's cool. No, but like Ava said, oh, my kids are never going to throw a temper tantrum at the store. We never did that, right, Mom? And I'm like, 
wrong. Yeah, you do that all the time. It's interesting for them to try to think about what their life is going to be like with kids. And they're talking about things that we know from based on experience that they are not going to be able to control and it's going to happen to them. And so this idea of what they're going to do in their parent is really fun and entertaining to hear. Well, I think one of the funniest things we've done with the kids sometimes, or at least I've done with the kids sometimes, is when their kids are acting a little goofy or or, or I should say out of you know, out of, you know, normal behavior. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, right, I'm going to record this. And I, and I video record. I said, I'm going to show this to your kids. Yeah. <laughs> when you when you have kids, I'm going to show, this is your reaction to yeah, this. Yeah. No, you can't do that. <laughs> it, 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 it always would get them to kind of come back mm-hmm. yeah. because you can't do that. Yeah. All right. Next question. What do you wish you knew when your kids were toddlers? I mean, I this is so cliche, but that expression, the days are long, but the years are short. I mean, when we had toddlers, I couldn't even imagine life any other way. I couldn't even imagine where we are now. Uh, it just goes, it goes fast. And I think, I know it's hard. I've been there, done that. Three kids under the age of five. It's hard to be present sometimes and to not wish the hard stuff away, but it will go fast. And I wish well, I had, I mean, I did have people along the way saying, just be present, just appreciate the moment you're in. And I did try to do a lot of that, but I remember feeling, you know, you were overwhelmed yeah. at times. I mean, that's normal. Yeah, that's normal. I, I mean, I, we have lucky to have enough friends that have actually little toddlers mm-hmm. and it's, you know, it's a sad thing because our kids are so big now. I'm like, oh, man, it was so nice having those little booties. And mm-hmm. and at that stage when they're so cute at that age. Mm-hmm. So, like you said, it goes so fast, too fast. So enjoy all the stages. That's the only thing mm-hmm. I can say. Yeah. Well, I do think when the kids were toddlers, I worried that I wouldn't have enough time to pursue the things that I wanted to. It felt like forever that I was going to be able to get the chance to do that. I think that I wish someone had told me, you're going to have plenty of time to do the things that matter to you, to do the things that interest you. But also... I thankfully started understanding what it was like to name our values and to have self-care and to take care of myself and figure out how to pursue the things that were important to me and yet still serve and give to my family. And so, yeah, I wish I had known when I was really in the thick of it that it was going to be okay. You're going to have time to pursue the things that matter to you. You're, it's all going to be okay. You have many years ahead of you to do things well, it's the time. that you feel time, like you put a, on the back burner. It's a time, uh, it's a time element. You, mm-hmm. you realize, you know, it feels like a long time, but in reality, you look yeah. back and it's really not. It's a short, it's and, a short part of your life, short part. And well, <clears throat> the two good things is you were willing to stay home with the kids and we were, we were also able to afford it despite the fact that we had to do without other things, but that was important to us because we wanted to instill our values into the kids and mm-hmm. not have someone else do it. So mm-hmm. that was lucky for us to be able to do that and, and, and also lucky that you wanted to do it and could do it and wanted to pursue it because mm-hmm. not everybody is in that same boat and I get it. So, I mean, I'm not saying one thing or another, but at least that's what we decided we wanted to do and mm-hmm. we were able to do it. So we were lucky mm-hmm. from that perspective. Yeah. But I think no matter what choice you face or what choice, what, what you choose um, that lines up with your family and your family's values and what it is that you feel called to do, we, none of us should, in what I experience is sitting in this place of what am I missing out on? 
should I have made a different decision? Is there going to be any time for me? And I think that that can often steal from us the ability to be present and the choices that we've made and lean into those choices and do them well and do them in ways that line up with your values. So whether or not I worked or stayed at home, and I did do freelance work when the kids were um, small, when they were toddlers, I did freelance work from home and I had a sitter come at the house and I worked a certain amount of hours a week. Just knowing that it's okay to make the choice I made and that there's more to come. Yeah, time's, time flies. So once you look back and you're like, wow. Hmm. Yeah. You don't want to regret not spending enough time and enjoying mm-hmm. them when they're little mm-hmm. because the, it's a short period of time. Yeah. All right, so here is an anonymous question. I wonder who asked us this question. But Ellie. who is your favorite child? <laughs> Ellie asked this question, I guarantee it. You think so? Um, Probably. <laughs> She always says that she's the favorite. <laughs> and we never answer it, just like we're not going to answer it today because we don't really have favorites. I like them all. I mean, that's the funniest thing is kids, I think, always want to know if they're the favorite child or Eva thinks she's the most well-behaved. And in reality, she probably is. You know, who becomes a favorite child because of that? Or does is there really truly a favorite child? And I bet you in some families there is a favorite child. However, I just think we're lucky enough to have three different but really cool kids so it's it would be real really hard i i say we don't have a favorite child because they're all cool in different Mm -hmm. ways and and you know there's things that i like about each of them but they're different things Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. you can't translate one of those into i like this more than that Mm -hmm. i mean at least i can't i i and of course for a recorded podcast that will live in infamy (laughs) (laughs) wouldn't be prudent anyway but they're all my favorite kids i do i do think and i have told this to my children before there are going to be seasons when i'm getting along with somebody more than somebody else right and that could be all about the stages and the ages and have nothing to do with who they are as people. And so I remember when the kids were really young, when Ellie was first born and Ava was two, and I remember thinking, oh my gosh, Ellie, the baby is so easy. She just snuggles me all the time. And now my two-year-old is learning to say no, right? That was a tough season with me and Ellie. And it was, I mean, with me and Ava, and it, I mean, please, they're zero and two years old. And I remember being like, oh my gosh, Ellie's so easy. Ava's so hard, right? Mm -hmm. But you can go in and out of seasons like that. And so sometimes there's the appearance of somebody being my favorite, but they're not. It may just be, we just may be connecting more than I am with the others because, you know, someone's going through something and, and maybe one of the kids is connecting more with you. And I'm connecting more with another one. That doesn't mean that at any given time I have a favorite. And so I have helped them understand if you feel like our relationship isn't what you want it to be, let's change that. Don't make assumptions about me having a favorite when we haven't been spending time together. Mm-hmm. Like, And so it's less about having a favorite child and more about who am I cultivating a relationship right now with? And you can do it with all of them. It's just that I think things happen when you don't, you're not as close with one as you are with the other in different seasons. I think what you said though, what we've tried to do is really cultivate time, individual time with each Mm -hmm. of them so that we kind of help fight that thought of, of favorite, 
mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, so that from that perspective, taking them out to lunch separately, you mm-hmm. know, individually and having budgets so that they can go to lunch with us individually. And but going to lunch with each of them rather than just going to lunch or when it's convenient. And then you wind up going to lunch with Aaron, say, 10 times more than Ellie and Ava. I mean, that doesn't work. Right. right. Then it becomes, oh, Aaron's the favorite. Yeah. Um, we so, have to put it on our schedule. We have to make yeah. sure we are ticking all the boxes. So the one advice yeah. is 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 schedule time with each of your kids individually. Give them a budget to spend. And we only gave $17, so we had to pick and choose where could we eat for $17. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we eat somewhere really cheap, like Subway, and then save the money for the next month and, and eat somewhere better. But it is, it is uh, I think you have to do it on purpose to cultivate time with each of them so then the favorite child thing is less relevant relevant yeah totally and real quick love languages right um the five love languages kids have long love languages too and when you start to understand what makes your child feel loved and connected to you you can do more of that i You know, in the beginning, you just treat everybody the same and you do all the things. But then as they get older and develop their personalities, you find out that certain things resonate with them. So how I care for and love one is different than how I care for and love another. But being able to identify that, going back to this whole thing of eliminating the appearance of having a favorite child by really getting to know that child and understand what makes them feel loved. Well, I think it was important to have an understanding of love languages up front because then you can use that into how you create that relationship Mm -hmm. with each of them on purpose. So you are, you know, you're plugging the five love language, which I think is a really important aspect of what we were saying, which is when you're going to have these individual connections, you're going to speak to their love language Mm -hmm. for each of them individually as well, Mm -hmm. right? You're not treating them all the same. We all make mistakes doing that in our own relationships where we just treat somebody the way we want to be treated or the way we receive love. And it's important to understand that there's those differences so that you can um, kind of customize it, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Next question. What did you decide not to do that most families do? What did we decide not to do? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. We at least made decisions of not to do things that didn't align with our values just to stay busy. So it's easy to suck into the cool things that people are doing or whatever. But if it didn't align with our values, um, we were staying away from it because calendars were tight and, you know, you had to pick and choose and you have to be on purpose about your family and your values and, you know, saying yes to everything just can be exhaustion, exhaust, exhaust, um, exhaustion. And the other thing that we also, what did we decide not to do? We decided not to let our kids not attend each other's oh, <laughs> um, yeah. sporting events as well. We decided that we're doing it as a family. Now, mm-hmm. doesn't mean that once in a while they didn't have me go in one place, you go in another because there's the same time they were having a sporting event. But if they were home and they could go, it didn't matter if they had homework or whatever, they're going to the sporting mm-hmm. event. And and we would go enjoy each other sibling's game, root them on. Mm-hmm. And they always had fun because their friends would wind up always being there. And um, 
So even when they said they didn't want to go, I got homework to do, they enjoyed themselves. So yeah. it's that consistency of, of that that because um, I think a lot of times it's easy. If they complain they don't want to go somewhere, you just don't let them go. But yeah. we said no. Especially when they get old enough to do the, the statement you know? by themselves. And and at some point, you're, you're you're basically laying down the law and saying, no, you're going. But then mm-hmm. in other parts, it becomes the thing you do, and yeah. then nobody's arguing anymore. They're just, yeah. okay, let's get in the car. Go. Oh, we got to yeah. go. Yeah, I mean, now we like? don't even have to persuade them. We're like, okay, Aaron's wrestling tonight, or uh, Ellie's got a game tomorrow. And it's just, it's on the calendar, and it's just what we all do together. Yeah. Um, yeah. I almost forgot about that one. Uh, another thing that we have decided not to do, and I think this was in conjunction with our kids is to not exchange too many Christmas presents. I don't remember when this happened, but it was the kids idea and they decided, why don't we do really amazing, fun things together, like an event instead of a Christmas presents, instead of being inundated with Christmas presents. And so that was a huge relief to us. And that first year we all went, our family plus some other member family members went to go see the Rockettes. And so it's become this tradition for us where we will go see some show or with some event. Yeah. And so now it's kind of turned into like us buying the grandparents their tickets to whatever show we're seeing. That's their part of their so Christmas So it's the grandparents' present. main present and the kids' main present as well. It doesn't mean the kids didn't get other little things here and there mm-hmm. and of course they got gifts from the grandparents but yeah we were never big on gifts we were never big on doing big gifts individually versus yeah. just doing stuff together as a family because you know look let's face it those shows in the city aren't cheap yeah <laughs> and to to buy a ticket for everybody is a gift <laughs> and yeah. and and the fact that the kids brought up doing those things i remember we were we were happened to go down at mom's place in Florida. And w- that one time we went to Cirque du Soleil in Disney, mm-hmm. which was the same one you and I went to. Yeah. But that was cool because we were actually going yeah. somewhere and we could, we could do the event yeah. there. And so, so it's been fun. But that's it's what been, they'll remember. Cool. They they won't remember that toy that they don't even, that we don't they have anymore. Two seconds later. Yeah. <laughs> that we don't even remember what they got. You know what I mean? Yeah. Shows we wouldn't have seen or things we wouldn't have done. If, mm-hmm. if we had to pay for it outside yeah. of over and above the gifts. Mm-hmm. So that's been good. Yeah. And we did one year, we did a bus tour in Manhattan. And so we mixed it up, but it's the idea of an experience versus an actual physical stif- gift that they'll outgrow or forget about. Yeah, yeah no, there, we've seen some good shows and done some good events. We did the food tour thing in New York. That oh, that's was, right. That was we did great. those. You know, you're great. You're your parents love the bus tour thing. Yeah, yeah. We did a couple cool plays, like mm-hmm. um, I forget that one, but at that that big theater or the Paramore, it was like a Cirque du Soleil Broadway show yeah, all yeah. together at the really big theater. They made two theaters into one. Yeah, that was an awesome show. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so next question: Which one of you is more likely to give in to the kids? You? No, I don't. Really? Know. I don't know. I don't know. I think we both have our moments where we give in to them. In particular, won't give in on certain things because I'm just stubborn. But you say I'm a softie, though, so I don't know. I do. Like the one question where it says, what surprised you the most about raising a family together? I would say some of the things you give in to surprise me. And I'm talking about like letting them have ice cream in the middle of the week when I'm already like, I don't know if that's a good idea. Or I'm trying to think of some things where I would like unequivocally say no to. And you're like, yeah, no problem. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> I think we have our I think we both areas. have our moments. And we have areas, areas where we, so. where we, 
I don't know that we feel differently, but maybe we just interpret the situation differently where it's really, you think that's a good idea? How come you're letting them get away with that? I don't know if we've just chosen to like, you know, they say choose your battles, especially when you're trying to get a point across or you're trying to train them in something. And there's some things I'm willing to let go of for the sake of maybe relationship or connection or maybe even like hard knocks experience where you're a little bit more like, no, we have to enforce this. And I think vice versa happens. Yeah, you know what? I mean, I I, I, I kind of read the situation on on how they've been behaving, like corporate citizen-wise from a family perspective as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if they've been doing some good stuff and, and staying to some of their commitments, there's no reason not to let them do something we would normally say no to, mm-hmm. just more or less as a... As a just a recognition that, yeah, you're not going to always say no 100% of the time to that. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, we'll do it mm-hmm. this time. We're not going to do it all the time, but okay, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll do this today. And You uh, know what's and, interesting is that my our oldest has been calling me out, and she's like, Mom, why are you giving in? Why are you letting so-and-so get off the hook? And I'm like, what? She's like, you don't even notice it sometimes. Like, you just go, if one of my children give me a hard time for something I need done around the house— then I move on to the next child that I know is just going to do it because they're just easygoing. See, it's you. You give See? in more than yeah. I do. Uh, so that's I not do. true. Yeah, I think it maybe it might be equal. And so she's been my accountability. And so I'm like, no, I asked her to do it. I'm going to stick with it. And now I'm sticking with it because I don't want to look like I give in to the other children. Thank goodness for, <laughs> thank goodness for Ava keeping you honest. Oh, my gosh. I don't have these problems. So. Oh. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I don't think that that's true. Okay, so uh, question number eight. How do you keep everyone's schedule straight? Family business once a week, mostly speaking. Mostly speaking, yes. No, Largely um, speaking. I try to be a stickler about family business. I know, especially <clears throat> on summer days when church is over and we just want to get outside and we just want to not deal. We're doing family business. <laughs> Everybody sit down here. <laughs> you know what? It actually does keep us keep us on track most of the time. I mean, I'm saying we don't get off track. Of course we do. But I said if, if it wasn't for you doing the f- scheduling, we would be probably way more chaotic. Yeah. No, I'm a big... You know, we've been doing family meetings for a very, very long time. We started doing them when the kids were very, very young. I would, I feel like we've been doing them since they were in kindergarten because very early on we were like, okay, who do you want to play date with? What do you, you know, there's, you know, sports registration is open. Do you want to play a sport this season? We always wanted to have a conversation with the kids that they knew what was going on. And I, and I can remember even when they were somewhat younger we would talk to their friends and I'd be like, so where are you going this weekend? I heard, you know, your mom said you're going away. She's like, the the child would be like, I don't know. Whereas our kids, they know where we're going next week and they know where we're going next month. And it's almost to the point where when we don't have answers for them, they're a little annoyed. Well, we did family business for food too, because food was so important to us. And since you taught the kids how to cook, they had to cook. So they had to figure out what they were going to cook and what day they were going to cook around their sports or around their sports schedule. Like, all right, I'm cooking Monday. I can cook Monday. I'll cook Wednesday. I'll, I'll cook Friday. So, I mean, 
there's a lot around scheduling for just what are we going to eat mm-hmm. because you can't just mm-hmm. go out and wing it all the time or else you really eat like crap all yeah. the time. Right? Yeah. I mean, especially now more than ever, for the longest time, for a couple months, people weren't running to the grocery store every time they needed it. You went only when you had to because of COVID, right? You had to get a grocery order or you had to like limit your, you know, going out. And so you really did need to know what was going on. You couldn't wing it. One observation and what I what I notice because we've done it for so long is that our kids will be like gaps in the calendar. Oh, who can we invite over? Oh, mm-hmm. what can we do? How do we fill the gaps? Mm-hmm. So they're always trying to think through mm-hmm. what we can throw in the calendar. Oh, we should invite this person to see if they're available. Mm-hmm. If they don't, and if they're not available, let's invite these people. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So yeah. they're actually active participants in it now where they actually help us fill the guy. It's not just mm-hmm. us making suggestions. They're they're making suggestions, which yeah. is cool. Which is cool because I but I but I see that coming out of years of doing it. Yeah. So we go over in our meetings, we go over our weekly schedules, we go away any uh, over any ideas of what people want to do, projects around the house, um like, yeah, so it, it is a weekly commitment of communication. And the the culture that we have now is 100% a result of starting when they were really young, doing it. Staying the, consistent. Staying consistent, even when it was hard. Even, even when we didn't want to do it. Even when it was a nightmare, even when the kids were the meltdown. And sometimes I didn't want to do it. I was just like, oh, I'm exhausted. Right, or we'd argue yeah. over something, or you try to get them to just pay attention for five more minutes. We've done it all, but now we're at the point where... Like it, if we don't do it, it feels like something's missing. If we don't do it, the kids feel like I need to know what's going on. Why haven't we touched base? Well, it's not even just don't doing it now. It's so natural that we have a calendar and we fit in things. Mm -hmm. And and so the kids, it's, it's, it's a little easier now. Yeah. And, and just one more really practical thing on this topic is that we, uh, we use, uh, we all have iPhones and so we have, oh, it's color coded activity based on the person that's doing it. And now that my kids are older and they have their own devices and they find out that they're doing something, whether it's a play date or whether they get their sports schedule, I'm like, would you please put those things in the calendar and then, you know, tag them and share them. Right. So it automatically populates on my computer so that when we sit down, we have everything, everything's there. So we're learning ways to use technology to keep each other in the know. Yeah, when we had our ice maker delivered today, I let you know. (laughs) You did. All right, so question number nine. Does Carl really do all the laundry? Yes, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. Once in a while you do it and I yell at you, but (laughs) you do sheets or something. I'm like, what'd you do it that way for? (laughs) I'm allowed to do sheets and towels. Sometimes. Um, Although the last time you did towels, by the way, you did them in cold water, and I've explained to you before they need to be hot water. I thought it was so, only occasionally. No, 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 no. And so even the last time you did towels, you you failed slightly. So so that's why Carl does the laundry. Yeah. Okay. Well, even the towels. And I don't know how long you've been doing laundry. It's a good 10 years, don't you I've think? I've been doing laundry since I was a kid. No, I know. But for us as a family, when you've taken over the mantle of being the sole. A long time. Right? A long time. Only once did you shrink something. That was recently. That one dress. Yep. Probably, and all these years. I probably cut a corner. All these years, only once. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and I have unwrinkled clothes. 
you don't have to iron. <laughs> Except when you put the clothes away and put them all up in a ball, and then I get really angry with you. I don't do you. that. I don't you know, know what you're talking about. You've only about. done that a couple times. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, number 10. Do you do a devotional with your kids? I have a reminder to do one. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're better at this with it. The thing that where you you you've done it more consistently than me being that I would leave early in the morning and get home, you know, decently late at night. And, you know, I like what you've done with the kids by even when we have other kids in the car, we, we use your prayer cards to pray for that day. So mm-hmm. we're praying one of the prayer cards for that day. I mean, then praying over all the kids, not just our own in the car. And then I remember that one incident where one of the girls that we ride often not all the time but she's like oh i really need your prayers today something Mm -hmm. along those lines so you know not necessarily other christians per se you know that impacting them as well Well, devotionals is one of those things where I've always wanted to do them. Like, I've always wanted to be that mom that does devotionals with my kids. And We bought devotionals for the kids. Yeah. We, we bought them. We own them. <laughs> <laughs> and, we, and we use a quarter of them or something. It's just one of those things, like, for us, it's been, it's just seasonal. We'll have a good ride for three weeks, and then it won't happen. But yeah. when uh, the Read It, Pray It cards that you mentioned earlier, they're available on my website. They're uh, a scripture on the front and a prayer on the back. And I created those. Those are available to be bought or download. But I actually have a set of those cards in my car because I got to the point where I just couldn't get my act together and do a consistent consistent devotional time. We've been so lucky to be a part of a church that they have a thriving youth group and we feel like they have gotten a lot of amazing teachings and a lot of consistency. But here at home, I would say, in general, I've lacked consistency in that area, but I have done my best to eliminate the shame that I'm tempted to carry for not being the perfect Christian mom who mm-hmm. does all of these little Bible studies with her kids. So what I did was these read it, pray it cards is I knew that if I put them in my car if, and it takes about eight minutes for us to literally drive to school, to pick up the carpool kids and drive to school. And once everybody's in the car, I say, pick a card. Someone pulls a card from the deck. They read it. And you, then even not the ones that are not our kids. as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just was like, you know what? You're in my carpool. You're going to do this. They flip over the card and I, I do a quick prayer. I pray the prayer that's on the card. I pray whatever it is that has that I have on my heart or whatever it is that one of the kids has conveyed to me, whether it's mm-hmm. a test or friendships or whatever it is that's going on in school. And it's real quick. And I was, I've been able to be really, really consistent with that. And it's been that's great. Been good. Yeah. But it's opportunistic for us as well. We live in a town that doesn't have fussing. It's a very small mm-hmm. town. And like you said, it's eight minutes, mm-hmm. but you get to do it in the eight minutes. So it, yeah. it's, you know, it, it, not everybody, some people have to put their kids on a bus, so mm-hmm. they're not going to necessarily get, get yeah. the mom praying over yeah, yeah. the other kids in the school. But we're lucky yeah. enough that. We actually have to take our kids to school and that you're here to do that. So we actually have that opportunity. So it's taking the time that you can take. Yeah. It fits in with your schedule. Yeah. To try to figure something out. Yes. Um, is definitely beneficial and it's going to look so different for everybody. Yeah. But we're just showing, you know, we're just explaining our example, which doesn't work for everybody. So it's because, you know, not everybody drives or gets yeah. to school. So. Well, the key to it was attaching it to something that I was already doing every day. Yeah. That's when it really took shape for me. And this year, 
uh, part of the year we're virtual already. And my daughter drives, so she's going to be driving the carpool this year. And I have to be honest, when she started talking about being excited about driving and mom, you don't have to drive us anymore. I was kind of sad. I was kind of like, oh, oh, but I get to pray with you every day. So now for me, I'm going to have to reinvent what it looks like to do a devotional or pray with my kids or consistently in some way impart scripture and Bible and truth to them. So it hey, changes in every season. You don't have to do the season. car thing anymore with the kids. Mm, I can buy a pickup truck. No, 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 no. no. Sorry. Huh. Not this year. Bummer. Okay. And the last question is what is your family known for? I would say one of the main things is games. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's a new, unique games or whatever, just games, just the ability when we get together with people, bring games. I know your dad's big on bringing custom games, which he brings to parties as well. So I would say that, you know, when we show up, you know, people are expecting us to bring games because think about the family gatherings that are so boring. You want to cry. <laughs> but if you interject games and the people enjoy it and they actually look for you to bring the games because then the family gatherings are so much better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and it's not just family gatherings. It's here and our friends and the cool things that we did with COVID on using, using zoom to do games and, and, you know, you know, games has always been a, a, a one of our kind of hallmarks that and, and, and hospitality and food and, and, and opening up our home. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say. Yeah. I mean, I think we, we've, we've become the family that will say yes if you need a place to host something. We've become the family that says yes to can I have seven of my friends come over and order a pizza, mom, after school. We're do, we, we made a conscious decision to be available and to open our home and to serve people with food. I mean, we love food, but I don't, I don't ever invite somebody over here without right. saying, Oh, let's you know, come over for dessert or come over for this or well, come over for that. I mean, like I always lay out the expectation to come hungry. The, the cool thing is, is you taught the kids how to cook. So it's nothing for them to mm-hmm. like when we have people over, Ava loves us doing this chicken with crazy salad. She makes her own homemade pesto. I mean, it's so good. Mm-hmm. And they know how to host. Like the, mm-hmm. So it's not just us hosting. It's uh, the family hosting, which is mm-hmm. important. And then, and then we made conscious decisions on budgeting money for that and made conscious decisions on, you know, how we renovated our home and kind of made it so that it was a pleasant space to be in mm-hmm. with family and friends. Because, you know, if you ever go to the home, that's kind of like, oh, well, you know, if it smells or it's this or it's that, it's disorganized. Mm-hmm. That just creates an environment where people don't want to come back. So we, we really make conscious decision related to not only how we <clears throat> thought about doing our renovation because of it, mm-hmm. but just budgeting to, to be able to do the food and, and not thinking anything of going out if we were missing something because we're hosting last minute, going out to get the food that we do need to, mm-hmm. to make what we really wanted to make. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. It's not just us throwing mini hot dogs in the thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And certainly we've we've done that, but it's it's the kids are willing to whip something up, mm-hmm. which is cool. That 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 brings a little bit of difference to it. Yeah, I think. Um, and I think we're we're known for showing up together as a family. Like you mentioned earlier, sporting events. We're always there cheering each other on. Which, you know, 
Not every family does, but that's just something we started doing when the kids were young and we've carried that on. We're also known for like, if you invite our family over, the whole family's going to come over. Like it's now that it's now the rare thing that one of the kids doesn't join us. We were even somewhere last night and everyone was looking for Ellie, but she was just out of town this weekend with a friend, but it's not typical for us to show up missing somebody. So yeah. if you invite the Amichis, you're going to get the Amichis. Even when we volunteered for the TREPS program, like we volunteered, I I was the chairperson, I brought you on board and you just know the kids are going to be there. Like the yeah, kids I, were there helping the set up. the best ever. <laughs> and uh, I was the king of the marketplace, by the way, just yeah. self, selfless plug. Yeah. You, you couldn't have done it with that. <laughs> I couldn't have. <laughs> but the point was the whole family was there. The whole family found a way to be active in it. And I think for us, it's really important because we didn't want to leave anybody behind. Like if you have nothing well, else to do, if you don't have something very specific to do, then come along with us. Well, the one thing about that is I'll, I'll say the kind of fill in gaps on that is well, since we've always done things together, that includes really cool ways to include the kids in traveling as well. Our kids are used to going to events or, you know, museums and so forth. And, and, and so they're fun and they do everything together. The other thing is about them is that they can have fun with anybody. Right. So Mm -hmm. even though, they're different ages we can go over somebody's house that has younger ones and and they're enjoying themselves you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. so it's not it's not like sometimes you get a teenager that doesn't want to have anything to do with little kids these guys have some of their best friends are these little kids you know because they're used to that and they're so used to it so that is one of the like you know everything we've done in that regard has really translated into that so Mm -hmm. it's they have fun it's Mm -hmm. not like you know the kids oh man i don't want to go there's three little kids and they're having, they go and they have mm-hmm. fun. So that that's one of the reasons why we always show up together because mm-hmm. we're actually having fun mm-hmm. when we go yeah. um, and do things together. We're not yeah. just one sitting in the corner doing nothing. Yeah. And that hasn't happened overnight. Some of the things that we're talking about now are just choices that we've made that we just consistently do. It's the family culture. You know, yeah. it's the whole family culture and what you're doing 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 things on purpose and it translates into that, which then is cool because mm-hmm. I love when we all can go somewhere and have fun. Mm-hmm. To learn more about Build Your Best Family, go to buildyourbestfamily.com.